Welcome and thank you so much for tuning in today's anti-diet show, part of the Farah Karamburi podcast. A podcast on a mission to equip busy professional women to lose weight permanently by creating healthier habits. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner, an author and founder of Deep Body Health, a leading nutrition coaching program designed to achieve results by fo- focusing on making simple habit changes. In each episode, I will bring you ideas on how to create these habits without going on short-term fat diets or taking weight loss pills or shakes to achieve your weight loss. So grab a cuppa or take me with you for a walk as I guide you through to achieving permanent weight loss results. Um, so if you have your phone on now on my page we should see both of us coming up on like a double screen setting up your meeting redirecting to facebook live oh here we are i can actually see us okay let's go sunny hello and welcome to far canbury podcast show i'm super happy to have you in our studio not really a studio but a virtual studio Welcome. Um, Sunny, tell us who you are and what you do. So thank you for having me, Farah. It is a pleasure. Uh, so as you mentioned, my name's Sunny. I am a nutrition and fitness coach. I have been practicing this now for about the last, just say, just under a year now. But previously to this, I was a, an investment banker working as an IT consultant for over 12 or 13 years. And um, I got to the point in that career where I felt like, you know what, this isn't serving me anymore any I wasn't feeling any sense of fulfillment or purpose in what I was doing as I got older and more mature I got to the point is like you know what I need to be doing something that I'm truly passionate about and health and fitness for me has always been my passion ever since I was a young kid I always played sport I was playing football at county level tennis at county levels playing cricket at county level to do athletics I was doing badminton I was just doing I was always into sport as an always super active kid and that carried on into my teens and then when I got to university um I my friend of mine actually because I was always really skinny I was always a skinny kid but super fit always energetic I was really skinny um, and then my friend of mine he was into his bodybuilding and fitness and in our first year of uni he kept saying like Sonny you need to come to the gym you need to some put on some weight and I was like no this doesn't appeal to me at all I just want to play my sports so then one day he managed to drag me to the gym we had a weight session and then I had that one session and after I just got hooked. I, was, I absolutely loved the feeling of the weight training session, how it made me feel mentally, physically, and then I just become obsessed. I just started reading so much about it, learning so much about it, and then I just built up a solid routine. Then when I finished university, I went into the whole corporate world and then I thought, okay, I'm um, I need to find ways of how I can continue this because when at university, obviously you have more freedom, more time. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, so how am I going to make this work? So I thought, okay, let me try going after work. And then I found it was quite inconsistent to get a routine going and everything because in the corporate world, I was working in central London. It's a very sociable culture as well. So people generally tend to, you work, you work quite long hours. You might finish seven, eight o'clock and then people generally will go out. Oh, really? like an hour two hours any day it's, oh, they're crazy so there's no people. weekends like you know you just go any okay 
yeah, people just generally tend to go out. And then I thought, okay, this isn't working for me to try and maintain my health and fitness goals. So I was like, okay, let me try and go during lunch breaks, perhaps. But then sort of lunch breaks didn't really exist. You're just working throughout the day in the corporate world. It's just meetings after meetings, or you suddenly get called into a meeting. So I thought, okay, this isn't working either. The only way I'm going to do this is by going in the mornings before work. So I got into this routine of getting up around 5 a.m., and getting up, getting to work or the nearest gym, nearest to my work, super early, getting the gym for like 6.30, training for an hour, hour and a half. So I'm done by 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then I'm at my desk for 8, 8.30. And then I could start my day knowing that I've got my workout in. And then um, I could then continue my day knowing I feel good because I've had a workout. My energy is boosted. My mood is boosted. And that's a kind of sort of routine that I managed to maintain all the years following so, on from that so there's a couple of things that come to my mind I'm going to take you right back to so you were really good in sports right hmm. uh, all different sports you played county level which is great did you why did you think of so your career went into investment banking versus yeah. doing something to, on the lines of your um, physical performance how hmm. come you didn't kind of take up I don't know PE teacher or or, oh. or played uh, for one of the, the teams etc I'm sure you'll be able to understand being an Asian guy and being having typical fund, traditional Asian parents like, no, you can't do sports. That's not what kind of career is that? Do you need to become a doctor, a lawyer, a solicitor, an engineer or a banker? And they just wanted what was best for me, essentially, my parents. And when I talked about the idea of following that, they're like, no, don't be. That's nonsense. You can't do that. And all my family at the time, they were all in sort of the whole banking corporate world. My dad was a, in the corporate world, investment banking for 30 plus years. My brother, he finished university. He went into investment banking. My sister, she wasn't in banking. So it just kind of, I fell into it almost. Mm. And That's then really I important. Always- it's a good point, actually, because there's there's uh, a, a lot of my clients are Asian and they have kids and we've had these similar conversations, um, you know, that their child likes maybe gaming or they're interested in they're really good at a particular sport. But that's that surely can't be that career because it's, it's just a hobby. It's not really that. And I, yeah. I know that you're, you're someone who's what's coming across to me is like going against the grain constantly. So yes. from very young age, you've been trying to do it. So you're trying to please your parents. So went into investment banking, but your love for sport continued. And you almost tried to find a little route to see where you could fit in that health aspect into your own life, somewhere around the London, the, the social life, the culture, et cetera. So that must have been quite hard, but you didn't give up. You continued. No, it was, it was really difficult. Quite a soldier through, yeah. Yeah. So, so if, it, go on. So initially was, it was very difficult, like you said. Yeah. Because um, obviously I'm trying to please my peer, parents. And then in that world, I was, when I was young, I was in my early 20s, I was earning good money. Then I realized actually, you know what? I'm earning good money. I thought being naive, not as sort of wise as I like to think I am now. I just, I didn't realize, I, I just was thinking about the money. So I just carried on. The years went by. I thought, okay, money, I'm getting this money. I was able to buy nice cars, go to these amazing holidays, do all these amazing things. But then, as I got a little bit older into my 30s, I realized, you know what? None of these things really mean anything. Mm. And I was like, this isn't making me hurt, happy overall. Like, I wasn't deep down feeling satisfied with what I was doing because I didn't feel like I'm not adding any value to the world. I'm not helping anyone anyway. I'm just helping these big corporations improve their bottom line, make yeah. them even richer. Yeah. And then I thought, it's not doing anyone any good. So, and I just discovered, you know what? 
there's something about me that my purpose feels like is to serve to help others and I thought well, and I was thinking mm. how can I do this and I thought how do you how do you come to that conclusion though so because obviously all your family is doing is so easy to kind of like you said you fell mm. into it like there's no question asked you've got you're earning good money somebody in, in their 20s earn good money I'm sure you had a nice sporty flashy car you know everything that the guy wants at that time you know in those years how do you think about the purpose how is that who how do you come to that conclusion that this is not me so you know what it was uh, I went through quite a tough um, a tough period a few years ago mm-hmm. when I was in my early 30s and I went through some depression okay. when I was working in the whole corporate world I was in a really really tough place in my job my manager was giving me a horrible tough time and I just I used to wake up every day with a bit of anxiety to like almost mm. dreading to go into I work know feeling yeah yeah, it was it was horrible for us. So then I thought, okay, is that why is this happening to me? Why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And then I just started to do a lot more sort of digging into like, why am I having these feelings? And then I started reading a lot more personal development books. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading these things, and I, and I was the similar theme that I found in a lot of these personal development books is people not feeling fulfilled or a sense of purpose. And the, you know, something clicked to me is that mm-hmm. that's what it is. That is what is missing from my life. This is why I'm feeling some anxiety, some depression, because I feel, I'm not feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing whatsoever. Did you, um, all you did was turn up to work, do exactly what they're asking you to do, and actually revolve all your life around that. There was no self-care, I take it, or? No, nah, my self-care was my health and fitness routine. So that was the only sort of me time that I had. Mm. And then I got to a point, like, you know what, that isn't even completely fulfilling all my needs, because that makes me feel good in the moment. Then when sometime I was going back to the office, all the stresses of work and all the pressure that was constantly there it was always on your mind so was uh, it anxiety related to the exhaustion of work or was it anxiety related to what was it that caused the anxiety that made you think this is because that's a really pivotal point in your life because mm. the reason we're speaking today and where you are in at your life stage today is because of this this deep insight so i think it's a combination i think it was just because the work that I was doing and realizing, you know what, I, I don't enjoy this whatsoever anymore. And I'm thinking, mm. why am I doing this? I think there's, and then become so much more political in the whole investment banking world, because there's so many more regulations being enforced because of the, since the whole credit crash in the uh, late 2000s, everything becomes so much more regulated. So everything was becoming so much more process driven. Everything was more based on metrics, meetings, meetings, meetings. And I was just getting fed up over that. Then there was more pressure on us because I'm spending half my day in meetings and I'm thinking, when do I actually get to do my work? And then yet they're still expecting the same amount of outcome um, to be done for me. I'm like, this isn't possible. And then I was, I was just getting more fed up with it, to be honest. It was just becoming more stressful, more pressurized. And that's sort of when I come to that sort of realization. And I thought, okay, I'm doing this, but why? I was like, I'm getting the, yeah, the good money from it, like you were saying, but I'm able to have this nice lifestyle. But I think, what good is it when I don't feel good within myself and I don't feel like it's actually adding any value to anyone or serving any purpose? Wow. that's that's a, So the, that moment where you gave your notice, I want to hear about that. 
because I have, I have my own story, you know, when I gave my notice to the corporate world, what was yours? Because obviously you're earning really good money and you're an Asian family. They must mm. be thinking you are absolutely crazy and off oh, your head God. to be making decisions like that. Talk about, yeah. talk us, talk to us about that. It might yeah. resonate with people for sure. It will resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. So I was actually the last sort of seven or eight years of in the whole uh, corporate world. I was actually a contractor. Okay. So I had my own limited company set up. So I was almost essentially self-employed. And then it was about about this time last year, actually. So my contract was coming up for renewal and they said to me, okay, Sandy, your contract's coming up for renewal. Do you want to renew it for another six months? You know, I said, and I was thinking about it for weeks and weeks, well, months before. Yeah. And they come to it and they said, Sonny, like, do you want to renew your contract? You know, I said, you know, no, actually, I don't want to renew it. And they were shocked. They're like, what? You don't want to renew? It's like, it's a good contract. It's going to keep on going for maybe another year, year and a half and at a good rate. And I said, you know what? No. And they were shocked. And then for the sort of days coming up to it, it's like, Sonny, are you sure you want to reconsider this? At this point, I hadn't told my family that I'm not going to renew my contract. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, so yeah, I, I didn't tell my family because I knew they'd try and talk me around it. Yeah. And then when it comes to it a few weeks later, when it was ending in my final week, um, I spoke to my family. I said, I've decided I'm not going to renew my contract. And they're like, what, are you crazy? It's because this was about a year ago now when the whole pandemic was just sort of kicking off. And, and I said, no, I, I'm not going to renew my contract. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And at first they thought, oh, maybe just going through a phase. He just wants to maybe finish his contract, take a little bit of time off and buy another contract. But then I was sitting there, trying to sit down with my family. He's like, no, no, this, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I'm done with it. I'm walking away. And then my, well, also my dad in particular is like, why what are you going to do instead I said you know I actually don't know I'm not sure yet and he, yeah. that infuriated him he's like what you're just being ridiculous like you don't have a plan you're walking away from the best paying contract you've ever had you don't have a plan you want to leave this and do something completely new and he said you're in your mid-30s now I said what are you thinking I said it just this is not right for me anymore I said the last couple of years it's made me feel miserable what I'm doing I didn't feel any sense of purpose. And I just feel like it doesn't resonate with who I am as a person. He just didn't understand. He's of a different mentality. He's like, why? Why does it matter if you enjoy your work or not? He said, 99% of the people do a job that they don't like. Why are you any different? So he just did not That was hard, huh? That was, must have been quite hard to hear. That was quite difficult. Well, I was thinking, you know what? Actually, my family, they're going to support my decision. They're going to want what's best for me. They want me to be happy, but that didn't cross their mind. So at first it was really difficult. I was getting questioned every day. I was getting all sorts of thinking I'm stupid. Well, why are you doing this? They just, they just did not understand. Did at any stage you thought they're right? Because it's really difficult when you are uh, surrounded by family you 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 love your family and you you listen to your family don't you was there any stage you thought I think they're right did that thought cross your mind it did it's always at the back of my mind you know what Farah is that I was thinking that was all I ever wanted to do was make my family proud of me I didn't mm. ever want to let them down I didn't ever want to think that oh he's not he's not listened to his parents he's not been a good son or I just always wanted to do as much as I can to make them proud and supply and provide for them and so by doing something, all right, if I'm not potentially doing this, I'm not working, I'm not going to be able to provide for them or help them, or I feel like they're going to be ashamed or embarrassed of me when people ask them what I'm doing, what he's left, they're going to, they're going to be questioned. And 
I didn't want people to judge them because I thought that'd be a reflection of them, or my behaviors. So that did definitely was always in the back of my mind. Wow, but that's a lot of I, pressure, isn't it? And, and yeah. that's cultural, isn't it, really? The status yeah. and, and, you know, how it's almost like you're letting your family down, letting the side down and all of those. Mm-hmm. Has your dad got Facebook? I'm going to tag him right now to this um, he podcast. He doesn't actually have Facebook, which <laughs> is probably joking. a good thing. <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. Okay, carry on. So you had a couple of thoughts about the back of your mind, but you continue to, to follow your own mind and you follow mm. your heart, really. Yeah. So then when that happened, when that moment happened, I've the day that I stopped working, the day when I'm finished. So the next day I woke up on a Monday morning thinking, okay, I'm not going to work. What am I going to do? I have a couple of friends. I don't have very big circles friends who I've spoken to had some really deep conversations with them. And they were, so many people that know me well said, Sonny, why are you not going into the health and fitness industry? He said, everyone is constantly always on your advice. How you stayed fit all these years and you've never been fat, you've never been overweight, you've always, you've always had a six pack or something like People always been asking me. I said, why don't you go into something to do with health and fitness? But I said, I don't want to become a personal trainer because if I'm stuck on a gym floor for 10, 12 hours a day, I know I'm going to lose my passion for it. And so I don't want that to be the case. They're like, oh, they said, you've got to do something to do with it because you're so knowledgeable in it. You are so passionate about it. Even when you speak about it, they just like, you've got to do something. And I was like, what? So what can I do in that case? And then um, I had a good, a good friend of mine. He's an internet marketer. And he was saying like, Sonny, why don't you do something online related to do health and fitness? I said, well, I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know anything about sales. I said, that's not me. I just know about health and fitness. He said, look, let's sit down and try and come up with a plan for you to like launch an online fitness business. So, because something I hadn't mentioned, but one of my biggest passions in life is traveling. I've been fortunate enough to travel to some amazing countries, do some having amazing experiences. And I thought, what can I do that links my health and fitness, have that ability and freedom to travel, want to have that time freedom, location freedom? What can I do? He said, all right an online business is clearly the path for you and related to health and fitness. I was like, okay, but what kind of like become like an online, an online coach or an online trainer. Then, then I started to think, okay, this actually sounds quite viable. I didn't know where to start. So then I started looking up sort of things related to online coaching, online nutrition, online personal training. And then that's where I come across the uh, precision nutrition certification. And I thought it was just the right timing as well because the intake was starting, I think, in March time last year. Yes, that's right. And it was around mid-February when I finished. And then when I discovered it, did some reading, did some homework, um, research around precision nutrition and found out like how highly respectable they are within the whole industry. You know what? This sounds perfect. And so then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to do this nutrition certification to show that I'm taking this seriously. I said, and I think I started the certification the beginning of March and I think most people would take three to six months maybe to complete the, the level one certification but I thought you know what I'm just gonna do some deep work and just commit to this and I think I spent 12 to 14 hours a day studying and I think I completed it in a month oh and my I think goodness. by the end of March I completed that level one certification when I started at the beginning of March oh wow I was literally just that felt amazing um, but I loved it and I thought you know what I, I didn't even take so my books out of the box for all <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
So I started mine October previously. Yeah. And then it just sat there. And then pandemic hit. And because I couldn't train my clients wow. online um, face to face, I thought I've got more mm. time. And plus didn't take my kids anywhere or, you know, there was more time. That's when I thought, wow, let me have a look at this precision nutrition because I wanted yeah. it so badly to do it, but I couldn't find the excuses. Like I could have found the time, but I just didn't do deep work. And then I did the same. I didn't do it in a month. It took me, I think, three months to do mine. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, so, so you yeah, kind of knuckled down and you did that. I just literally knuckled down. I got it done. And then I thought, okay, I've done this. But I was like, then how, what do I yeah. do with it now? How am I going to start this business? So then I sort of spoke with my friend who's an internet marketer. He gave me some strategies how to just get my first couple of clients. I started posting content on Facebook and then telling people about what I'm doing, the journey that the transformation done. I've got from my connections on Facebook and know me, I got so much support and encouragement that really gave me a lot of uh, confidence, Good. motivation. It's like, Sunny, about you should have done this years ago. Why have you waited so long? They're like, well done. This is what you should have done. This is what you're meant to do. And that made me feel so good. Um, and then I got my first couple of clients. I'm like, Sunny, like, yes, like people who knew me, like friends. I was like, I'm on board. Tell me when, what do I need to do? So then wow, I had a couple amazing. of friends come on board uh, because they, they knew me, they trusted me. And so I started coaching them, like using the principles that I learned for my nutrition certification and started getting results from these people. And then um, that sort of spread word of mouth. They told, they, well, people saw the results they were getting. And then I'm like, how have you managed that? And so people, they'd say, like, no, I've got this guy, he's coached me. So they tell somebody, then somebody else will contact me. Then I'll take a new client on board. And then it's just been building like that ever since. Word of mouth seems to be the best form of marketing for me because people's results speak for themselves almost. I think yeah. I don't need to sell it when people are getting the changes. So then when people ask them and then I've just been building up my client base like that now. And then it's just been growing. I've been able to grow my business and, and at the same time, I keep trying to learn because I love learning, especially when it comes to health and fitness. I'm always trying to see if there's any sort of additional qualifications that I can do that I know are going to benefit me and my clients, firstly and foremost. So I'm just kind of where I'm at at the moment now. So what a different change of life completely. So for 2020 for you has been an amazing year, really. For me, I know for most people, it's been absolutely horrendous. Mm. But for me, it's probably been one of the best years of my life because I literally I wake up every day now, Farah, feeling so excited and motivated to do what I'm doing. Wow. feel like I was like, help and serve my clients today. And what can I do to help them and keep them motivated and stay on track? I don't get the Sunday blues anymore. And it's Sunday evening, absolutely dreading Monday morning. When I wake up Monday morning, I'm like, I'm buzzing. It's like, it's Monday. It's a new week, yeah. new goals, new things to help my clients with. So uh, honestly, it's probably the happiest I've felt in a long, long time as well. Even though I'm wow. probably earning fraction of what I was at the time like uh, yeah. but th that's like it's immeasurable how much better my well-being my mindset is as a result of all of this there's a great example of money is not necessarily what makes you happy definitely I realized it's the simple things that make you happy like, like when I first got my initial client results my first couple of clients and it told me that it was like Sonny I've lost more weight with you in the first two weeks and I've been able to manage by myself in the last six months or when they get little things like that I was like oh my god that I got that feeling that it gave me I was like yeah. I never experienced that feeling in 12 13 years of banking that that sense of fulfillment that I've actually helped somebody I've made a difference in their life and it's like what I never once felt that before so it was like wow this feels amazing so I got you so find much your time. calling almost oh that's honestly what yeah, it feels that's what like it is yeah my, my close friend like my sister she's been super supportive of me my brother-in-law they've really been supporting me they're like 
this is your calling that this is what you're meant to be doing what about dad any come around a little bit or no still not so still pretty much every day he's like you this is not work for you this is you need to go back and get another banking job this isn't work does he think so like you're like, being you're just being lazy and hanging around and yeah, you're not doing so much. I'm just sitting around doing nothing so I yeah. said, oh, what am I doing when I'm sitting on my laptop for hours reading studying doing these plans with my clients what am I doing he goes you're not doing anything you're just messing around or whatever so Oh, I'm, I'm hoping like you'll come around eventually, but you know I'm sure you'll come to realization at some point that you're much happier, and that means more. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's Wait. his. That's his default setting, and sometimes you just can't change it. You just have to accept yeah. and move forward, don't you? Which is what you looks like yeah. you've done. Yeah. Well, that's such an amazing transformational story. Really, really. Like I was completely like listening to that deeply. A couple of things I want to ask you while you were going through that. Um, people listening to this if they're feeling they're in a similar situation stuck in a corporate world because there are a lot of people that start something and then they get stuck in it because they don't know any different then they're too frightened to leave it because of the mortgage or this or that you know how do you what would you say to them basically because living a miserable life versus living like you are you know, what is it going to be? I, I know that. I know that because I've done very similar thing to what you did. You know, I, I looked at my my notice and thought, what are you doing? Don't be so silly. Do not give your notice. You have a house, you have a mortgage, you have two kids to support. But at the same time, the excitement of helping someone um, and to do my own thing, what I really, really wanted to do for years, you've been thinking about it. Then it comes to that moment. What, what would you say to, to those people that are thinking about it right now? They might think, well, this is my moment to maybe make a change. That's, yeah, that's a great question, actually, Farah. So what I would say, anyone in that kind of position, because I'm sure there's so many people out that way, mm. um, find out what is your passion? What is your superpower almost? What are you so good at that nobody else has that skill or knowledge that you have? There's got to be something. Just um, think about what it is and you think, okay, how can I use that to potentially help others? And then once you figure that out, start it on the side. Spend a few hours on the weekend thinking, all right, how can I turn this how can I sort of monetize this passion mm. of mine or make it into a small business and then spend a few hours a week on that and then start slowly building up from there. And then once you get into a position, you know what, that it's sort of potentially maybe equaling the income that you're getting from your full-time job. You can potentially think about, you know what, transitioning into that full-time, but just start somewhere slowly, even the smallest of things, just to build up something on the side, because even if you don't make it a full-time transition, you have that something in your life that is giving you that sense of, fulfillment yeah yeah absolutely a really good answer yeah something that's giving you some fulfillment it will make your everyday sort of mundane work that you're doing seem a lot more tolerable and manageable 100 percent, absolutely oh that's just like a, a dream come true answer really for people that are thinking about it but you're right it's about did you read the book change maker ever Yes, I've read that. That's a John Berardi. I love his stuff. I know. He's, I know. He's, he's the best. Isn't he? he definitely. Me too. And he talks about the unique abilities. And I, when I read that book, I really kind of homed into and I did the questionnaire, which was in there, sent it to a few people to see what were my unique abilities. Am I in the right career? You know, even doing this. And I think that's a really good thing to kind of do to ask people or figure out yourself what is what are you really good at? You know, you might be working in an investment banking, but you may be great at making patterns or materials because that's where your real passion lies you see that big transition in people but they never actually go towards that because they're too frightened to make that transition it's the fear isn't it it's fear of the unknown fear, I think fear 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 yeah 
And that's what it is, I think, with most humans. And it's funny that you said that about those questionnaires and the change makers. That's exactly what I did myself. I sent did it to really? yeah. my four or five closest friends that know me well. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Sonny. And it was a common theme. I was like, okay, what is common amongst what all these responses people gave me? And uh, I thought, you know what? This is what I have to do. Yeah. And so that book, I think, even if you're not in the health and fitness industry or you are, you're not thinking about going that direction, it's such a good way to sort of be introspective and learn more about yourself and what your true strengths are. And then look at those strengths and think, OK, how can I utilize this to do something that I really want to do that I'm passionate about? So I would definitely recommend that book to anyone that's considering or having these kind of feelings to find out what your true strengths are and your passions are. Awesome. I remember uh, you mentioning that you were um, traveling a lot. Yes. You've traveled a lot already. And I, had you pl- did you have plans last year to travel, but due to COVID, you couldn't? Well, last year I was thinking I was going to keep it quiet or reasonably quiet on my sort of travel front so that I could focus on this business yeah. stuff. But now that I've got into a better place now, so I'm hoping like by the end of this year, if things calm down, I want to have that laptop lifestyle that everyone has. I want to be sitting three, four months at a time in South America, traveling around on my laptop whilst be able to do what I love doing and still exploring the rest of the world. So um, I want to experience living in as many different countries as I can. I've, I've done a bit of like that in the past. So I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you a couple of years ago, I went to Colombia for two months once wow. I finished a contract. Because that is what I'd often do. I'd, I'd work a contract for like six months or a year. And then when I finish, you think I'm taking a few months off and I'll just go and travel. So I did like a couple of months in Colombia. I once did six months in New Zealand. I did a month wow. in Bali, a month in Thailand, a month in, um, well, so I've done a month in Costa Rica. I've just like, I'll just go and finish the contract and then just spend time in different countries and just explore and travel around the country solo. And I, I absolutely, it's the, that's when I felt so alive. And I, mm. I was thinking, this is how, this is what makes me happy. Like when I'm most, my most happiest in life, when I'm traveling, exploring meeting different people just broadening her, my horizons and this learning so much more about myself as well as well as the rest of the world so yeah, I think this is what I want to be doing more of I it's kind of answered my next question that where where do you see yourself in five years time on a beach somewhere let's say what is your favorite place so far uh, that you visited so far I it's such a difficult one because I've, there's been so many different places I love different things about but I'd say if I had to say three of my favorite countries I'd say Costa Rica, as a wild, I love wildlife and nature, and that was amazing. New Zealand, and, and probably Bali, I'd say as well. There's three of my favorite, all three very different places, but all so amazing in their own ways. So you don't see yourself settling in one place, you just see yourself traveling? Yeah, because I, I have it, on my yeah. bucket list is to um, hit 100 countries in my lifetime. I want to be able to do that. What number are you on now? I'm on 32 at the moment. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that so really I've cool. got a long way to go, but that is what I wanted to. So. You'll have to do two a year at least. <laughs> Definitely. You to, to um, make up that. Awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, one question that I ask all my guests. If you were a health secretary of the UK for one day, what changes will you bring to our health and well-being? So I would say I would make it mandatory that everyone had to have at least half an hour a day of walking outside. Um, There's benefits of walking are, are enormous, which people yeah. so underestimate. Uh, for me, I take a daily walk, half an hour, 45 minutes, and I call it the sanity stroll. So I, I go like for that. a walk. That's awesome, um, Listen to. I'm stealing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I've actually used it in some of my content as well, the, the sanity stroll. And it honestly is that because 
just the fresh air alone it's just so good for your mind it just gets you away from the desk so i think particularly now more so than ever when people are cooped up indoors just getting outside getting some fresh air and i use that as my time for my personal development i listen to an audiobook or a podcast that's going to help my personal development and i cannot state like how powerful it is for you and i think now so more than ever because you've time to sort of be introspective and get fresh air because i think I think 90% of that, so I was reading 90% of the movement that your body needs, you can get from walking. Mm. And so it's that alone. So you don't, people think you have to be doing insane, intense workouts every single day, but you really don't even walking is enough just to stimulate the enough movement that your body needs. Mm, definitely. And I think in the countries, you know, in these countries with the blue zones, I think the blue zones, these are the countries that known that have the longest lifespans. These countries, if you look at them, none of them, they're not going to the gyms. They're not doing some crazy fad diets. All they're doing, they're walking around. They're moving a lot. They're eating a healthy, lean sources of food all the time. And they have the longest lifespans. They're just doing manual work, a lot of them. Mm. And they have the longest lifespans. Yeah, they don't. No, they're not doing some fancy P90X kind of crazy workout. They're Gosh, just moving what, around. What is that? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's like some intense hit kind of workout that crazy burns you out. So you just... So that's what I think is important. Just people walking and just being more mindful. I think that is what I'd introduce. I make it compulsory that you have to walk for at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to log in at some government website to say you've done it. You've done and your in walk, less than yeah. 30 walks a month. You'll be getting a letter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How funny would that be? Okay, so I like that, actually, the sanity stroll. I love it, actually. Really, I've made a note of that. Have you, do you, uh, what, when I'm talking to you, rem you remind me of someone and I don't know if this person inspires you or you listen to them. I think you're going to say yes. Jay Shetty. <laughs> yes. Have you been told I that before? Every day on my podcast. Yeah. He's been, had such a big influence on my life. It is the last few years. Just listen to his podcast. It really resonates with me. His message about mindfulness, about wisdom. And it's made me mature so much. And mm. there's, when I've gone through dark times, listen to a lot of his stuff and it has really helped me so uh, i definitely recommend his stuff to anyone. i've got his book i definitely recommend his audiobook as well the the um, think like monk. monk yeah i've got it right next to my my uh, my bed yeah. and i was i was reading it last night i was thinking you remind me of you just remind me of him like things that you've been saying um and just your like just your style i guess look you look a little bit like him maybe as well i don't know if you've been told that um and i and I'd, if you turn around and said no actually i have no idea who he is i'll be like oh no you're what? missing a trick here <laughs> no so he's been a big influence is he a big inspiring kind of yeah, figure yeah. is there another person apart from him that you look up to or uh listen to regularly um vision lakiani have you heard okay. of mind that i have actually yes i have uh, so I've subscribed to Mind Valley. So it's a lot of all about personal development, and there's so many courses that you can do within there. So his book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, that was like a big eye opener for me as well. So I would definitely recommend that book as well. Mm -hmm. It's been a big influence on my mindset, how to push the boundaries that society thinks we need to abide by, because how to because mm. these are just rules that society thinks we need to live by but half the things that people are doing but they're really not like well who says we need to abide by that why can't we create our own paths and so he's been a big influence on me as well so listening to his stuff and did that were you listening to them before you actually made due decisions or it's also intra at the same time so it just wow. helped me when i was going through this stuff it made me 
confirmed that I was making the right choices and decisions. You think, you know what, that is, I'm so glad I'm doing this now because this makes so much sense now that I'm listening to these kind of people and reading their books. It really has had a big impact for me. Wow. Okay. I've, I've, we've made some notes. So what podcast do you recommend Jay Shetty's podcast? Yeah, on purpose. People to listen to, to for daily fulfillment. And, you know, yeah. they maybe find themselves in a stuck place due to pandemic or whatever's going on in their homes. Definitely would recommend Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose. It's on cool. purpose. Yeah. And he, I think he does sort of two new podcasts a week and then about half an hour of it. Sometimes he's doing solo talks, but a lot of the time he has some really high profile guests on. Okay. And it's really inspiring sometimes. And you hear some of these people hearing their stories of how they've got to where they are, listen to the adversities some of these people have gone through. And it makes you realize that, like, wow, I've, I've had it so easy compared to some of these people. And it makes you realize that some of our problems are so insignificant on the grand scheme of things. The things we complain about, in the like really are not that big a deal in especially for people like us living in a first world country the th issues the things that we complain about are really not that big in so it just really helps you stay a bit more grounded as well when i hear mm. some of these stories oh absolutely 100 i do want to hear what your routine is what is the routine of someone who speaks like you is so fulfilled in life and is just happy generally what do you do oh that's a very good question so Every day I get up at 5 a.m. or just before 5 a.m. Then the first thing I'll do, I'll go downstairs. I'll have a glass of like hot water with mixed with lemon juice, a bit of ginger. Um, I'll drink that first thing because that's got so many benefits just to for energy, for immunity, um, even like things like your skin, your hair. It's got so many health benefits. So I would definitely recommend something like that. So that's the first thing I do. Then obviously I brush my teeth, wash my face. And then I'd sit down, meditate for 10 minutes. And then once I meditate for 10 minutes, I do 10 minutes of journaling. Is it, sorry, the, so the meditation, is it uh, guided or you've... Guided meditation. Is there a particular one you can recommend? Um, it's, so I normally do like a breathing one. So it's just okay. to bring to, um, a more mindful meditation. Okay. So I'd recommend mindful meditation for a lot of people because especially now your brain's always wandering. People can't stay focused on a lot of things. Mm. So mindful meditation i'll definitely recommend okay there's quite a few apps out there if you look for mindful meditations okay. and guided ones that you can follow so you along you will, you'll play and that for 10 minutes and you'll just sit in a quiet place play that for 10 minutes do my meditation in a quiet place in the same space do that every day after my meditation i do journaling journaling for about 10 minutes what i do i write out my intentions for the day what i plan to achieve and then i'd always finish off i write down five things that i'm grateful for in my life it could be anything like for that i'm grateful for the dinner that I had last night or a particular conversation that I had with somebody just anything then it just makes you when you do it, it just makes you feel good um so just uh, finish uh, off am with i going to be featured in that tomorrow morning because we had a Absolutely. good podcast you're going to be first on the <laughs> conversation a podcast that i was invited oh, on my gosh. <laughs> yeah absolutely that must feature in your journal <laughs> okay sorry carry on after journaling yeah. after journaling 10 minutes of reading um okay so this, anything Anything. So a current book that I'm reading. So okay. I'd be do 10 minutes of reading um, just so that I can keep my mind always active as well. And then after 10 minutes of reading, I'll spend sort of 10 minutes going through affirmations, things that I want to manifest in my life. I have a vision board. I'll look at my vision board and go through that. It's like the thing that I want to achieve in my life. And they go, okay, by doing so, it makes me realize, okay, what things and actions do I need to take to make this a re reality? It's like on my vision board is these beautiful locations that I want to visit and everything. So I'm thinking about visiting my life in these kind of places. 
and thinking, okay, I'm thinking about these now, and what steps do I need to make to make this a reality? So that's my morning routine. So that's, that will start my morning routine. And after that is exercise. So that will start from 6 a.m. Um, so it takes an hour to do those things, 10 minutes. Take e about each an hour. Seg segment's 10 minutes. Each I absolutely love it. So good. It sounds really but nice. I, yeah. Yeah. So it's been working really well for me lately. So I'll do that until around 6 a.m. And then from 6 a.m. till 7.30 a.m., I'll spend an hour and a half doing exercise. Um, so there'll be a lot of, I'll spend, spend about the first half an hour doing stretching, mobility work, just to loosen all my muscles, make sure there's no aches and pains. And then I'll do sort of 45, 50 minutes of resistance training. And then a little cool down with a little bit more stretching. So I'll spend an hour and a half every single day. So some days it'd be more stretching, some days it'd be less, but there's always some exercise every day. Yeah, a lot of pounding so on the treadmill or not? No, that's what my sanity stroll is for. Oh, okay. Rather, okay, so, so, you, so you lift weights in the morning and you stretch either side to cool down, warm up, but you're not into massive cardio piece. Not really, not at the moment. It depends what sort of yeah. my focus on my training is. At the moment, I'm just trying to, I'm like in the building phase. So I'm trying to pull a bit of muscle and okay. strength. So I'm minimizing the amount of like running that I'm doing. My, so my cardio is coming in the form of my walks. Okay. So that would normally be after my lunch. So that's I'm, quite I'm nice. That. That's my exercise, 6 or 7.30. And then after that, I'd shower up, have my post-workout shake every day. Uh, I call it my sunny super shake. Okay. <laughs> Everything's got a name. Sunny super yeah. stroll. <laughs> Another so one. my sunny super shake consists yeah. of like um, um, protein, like a plant-based protein powder, oats, peanut butter, spinach, some frozen berries, a bit of peanut butter. Uh, so it's got everything. It's sort of my. It's got my protein. It's got my carbs. It's got my fats. It's got my greens in there. I'll have this as a shake. That'll be my breakfast, and then I'll get on with my work day. Nice. So you still have another breakfast after that, or? Um, then I might have. It depends. So I'll, I'll see. I might have a bowl of porridge. Okay. Shortly after. And cool. then um, I'll have, do. I have work for a few hours. Have lunch. Post lunch, I'll go for my half an hour sanity stroll. And then uh, that's kept my routine. Then midday, around three-ish, I'll have like a mid-afternoon snack and then work and then dinner time in the evening. And the, and the dinner, is it, is it traditional Asian food or what do you eat? Um, so for me, typically, um, I'm doing my own kind of meal prep at the moment. So it'll be, there'll always be some sort of lean source of protein. So it'd be like either chicken, maybe or fish, uh, turkey, and then with some sort of rice or sweet potato. Okay. And then there'll be some veg with that. But then on the weekends, I'll have sort of traditional Indian food, what my family cooks. I'll sell that. So I don't want this to take over my life. I like to have a balance as well. So mm. weekends, I'll enjoy it sitting down with the family and having dinner with them as well. Oh, cool. That sounds like a really nice, balanced and a happy, fulfilled life. Well, congratulations. Oh. It's been an absolute Thanks. pleasure listening to what you've just said. And it just goes to show that if you are an, anyone who's stuck in their life right now, they can do what you've done. I absolutely agree. It's just taking that first but, step. But I think you, that yes, step. that's right. But there, it is hard work. It's not you know. It's not about. It's not super easy to just you know leave the investment banking. And there was there are, there were challenges in that job. But in in this one, what you're doing now, your own business, you design your your life is designed by you versus designed by other people previously. Absolutely, yeah. So um. That's a thing that's still getting around my head, my head around being a business owner. So now I'm thinking about so many things. It's not just 
like doing the health of fitness, I'm thinking about sales and thinking about marketing and thinking about organizing my day, organizing my time, trying to project for the future. There's so much to consider, but when you're passionate about something, you look forward to doing these things yeah. and you don't mind it. You don't see it as a chore. Whereas if you're in a job that you don't like, everything just seems to almost become mundane and a chore. Yeah, um, so that's where the difference comes in. So it's just putting on different hats at different times as and when you need to. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest fear in life? Biggest fear in life? I'd say not fulfilling my full potential. That's what scares me. I, th- I think we all have so much potential within us and not fulfilling that, I think it's that would always shame. bug me. Yeah, that, yeah I'd, think, I'd feel like I've let myself down more so than anything. You feel like you are fulfilling, you're on the right path. I feel like I'm on the path now. I don't think obviously I don't think I've done it yet, but I feel I'm I'm on the right path to doing so now. Awesome. Now I know that you coach men mainly, predominantly, and I coach women predominantly. So, what is the difference between? And I, but I do know you have coached women as well, and I've coached men. Uh, I still do actually a few. What is the difference between, in your opinion, uh, between coaching men and women? So fundamentally, the coaching principles are the same I think in order to sort of lose weight you just need to be in a calorie deficit so that applies universally but I think the difference is when it comes psychologically between men and women I think whereas with men um, they like a lot more structure they like to be almost given a plan they like to know exactly what they need to eat when they need to eat it when they need to exercise exactly what they need to do whereas I think women like a bit more freedom of choice they don't, I find, I've noticed with the women, they don't like following a set meal plans because they get more bored. They get bored a lot quicker than say men would do. Men will think it's just there, it's food. It's, I'll eat it. I'll just get it done. Whereas I think with the women, there's a lot more emotional connection to their food. So I think they, they enjoy, they like to savor their food a lot more. And I think women I've noticed have a preference set for carbohydrates over compared to men who have a preference over like meats or protein Protein. Mm. i think that's where there's men and women sort of have a a bit of a big difference and i think it's biological differences almost aren't they yeah yeah definitely the carbohydrates the sort of refined ones a lot of people like to eat they make you feel good and i think with the women there's as i mentioned there's a lot more of an emotional connection to the food whereas with men they'll just just eat sometimes mindlessly without even thinking yeah, I, I have exactly that in my house where Afro will, Afro will say, it's just food, just eat it. And I'm like, it's, I don't want to eat this. It's not even tasty. It's like, but it's fine to me. It's exactly what we eat. You know, it's, it's chicken yeah. and it's broccoli. And I'm like, but I, I just don't want to eat this food anymore. It's just so boring. And he was like, I, yeah. I can't understand why you're attaching so much emotion to it. But that's how mm. I, I feel. Uh, and, and I can see how he will just eat the same foods he has eaten for the past four years and no problem at all. You know, he's never, ever yeah. complained about it. So that, that's a, definitely a big difference where we look for um, variety, I guess, versus the result yeah, sometimes definitely. That's, and yeah, can that's deviate from it quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a that's fairly good point, actually. Point. Yeah. Mm, I think that's one of the major differences. And I think... What I've noticed as well, the difference between men and women, they respond slightly differently to different types of exercise. I found my men, they seem, the men that I coach, they seem to respond better to sort of resistant training, walking regularly, losing weight that way. But when I was with a lot of women I've coached, when I've just put them solely on resistance training, just sort of body working on different body parts, it doesn't, they don't seem to get lose weight quicker. I've noticed women that I've coached seem to respond better to a bit more to hit. So they lose weight a bit more when they're doing more HIIT workouts compared to just say resistance workouts. That's what That's I've noticed with the clients that I've coached. I don't know if you've noticed anything. And I seem to think 
the women enjoyed that more than the men. I think the men seem to enjoy the resistance training a lot more than say hit, but I find the women enjoy the hit more than the resistance training. Obviously, that's just just what I've noticed. But yeah, I think that's a really good point. Actually, I've not thought about it like this, but you're absolutely right. The women do look look out for uh, fast pace hit training because they just I, I I am not I don't do that myself. I'm more of a resistance training person. So my clients do do what mm. I what I teach them basically. So they do lift a lot of weights at least twice a week, if not three times. But they do like when I do the body weight or I do a hit. They do like that. You know, they like they like following that. Oh, oh this okay. is good. Oh, it's put a it got me a sweat or you know. <clears throat> I think it's, it's just what you kind of believe in, don't you? As you, because there's a, a lot of uh, programs that have been on TV in the past where lots of exercises to do with uh, cardio based, like the Zumbas mm. and all the other things. So I think your kind of your default setting is unless I move really fast, I am not going to lose any weight. So it could be that psychological. That's just, that's just about I was about to touch on exactly what you just said there. Is what I've noticed, like when the women, if they've done some resistance training, they're like but I'm not sweating. I'm not out of breath at the end of it. I said, you don't need to be sweating and huffing and puffing at the end of the workout to feel like you've worked out. But they were, I've noticed, I'm like, but I don't feel like I've had a workout unless I'm feeling completely exhausted at the end of it. So I think that's where the kind of difference in mentality is as well. I've noticed. that There's, a, there's not enough, edu- I, I wrote about this actually the other day, the weightlifting, there's not enough education around it for women. Because uh. when I was uh, going to the gym, when I used to go to the gym, I used to be looking down at this weights area and and hoping that I can get in there somehow because I, I like the idea of weightlifting but I just didn't know how to do it this is pre me mm. being trained and the confidence would mean that I couldn't go there because 90% men and there would be odd women and I would look at this woman and think oh I want to be like her why can't I have the confidence to go and what she's doing and it took obviously a few years and now I, I kind of go in these areas and I don't you know, I know what I'm doing but majority of the women don't you know they don't have that confidence so I often find myself the only woman in the weight section you know and it's such a shame because so many benefits are attached to weightlifting for women particularly um, and men obviously but unfortunately that the people think you're going to put on a lot of muscle yeah, and, and i'm always saying that you're not going to ever put muscle on because we don't have testosterone as enough no. and we don't eat enough protein either um, we don't eat enough it, full stop yeah so it drives me mad when i hear women say that i don't I put know. on muscle like, trust me i've been training weight training for 15 years and i'm struggling to put on muscle mass and i'm a man with testosterone at high levels and i'm struggling to put on muscle what do you think what's going to happen to you when you've got yeah. such a small amount of testosterone you're going to lift weights it's just changing that mindset it's a yeah. shift I think slowly that is changing there's a lot yeah. more, more women lot becoming more. into their training especially the and another notice a difference i've noticed actually it's funny that between men and women women when they're doing weight training they love training legs but yes. upper body like oh i hate training upper body i'm so weak but they love training legs yeah that's what crazy heavy amounts whereas the men when i get to do leg works oh, i hate leg day they're dreading they want it. The chest training it's a <laughs> chest day yeah <laughs> Whereas women, like, I'm looking at love leg day. They love doing heavy squats. And that's what a big difference I've noticed. Yeah, as well. that's preferences. You're absolutely right. I, I think naturally we don't can't lift as much weight as women, I think, because we are not as strong. Mm. Some of my some of my ladies are actually top um, stronger uh, on the top rather than bottom. Um, but myself, I, I'm a, you know, I, I will do squats all day, literally all day. But yeah. give me bench and I'm dying after a few reps. <laughs> I, think <naturally laughs> I guess women- I get discouraged because I can't lift as heavy. You know, there's Afro piling on like hundreds and there's even 30 kilo kilo been pushed out (laughs) for weeks. And I think that's probably what it is. Um, But when I when it comes to back squat, Mm. you know, we're not massively different there. I mean, obviously he squats more than me, but I can I'm closer to him and it makes me feel good. 
yeah and i'm like oh i can lift kind of quite a lot for yeah, uh, someone who's little body weight as well if you compare to like pound pound to weight ratio you're probably lifting a lot or probably even more than him maybe potentially yeah percentage wise probably i am and he knows that uh but then i think these are again biological biological differences yeah yeah we, I, I mean women, women don't say things like chest days and yeah. we do say leg days no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think genetically women then we tend to have stronger legs as well as you think we I it's think just so. genetic to, to carry uh, the, the, the baby well, and the, the hips i think definitely there's definitely that hip, you think how lot strong your body has to be for your hips to carry ch ch children and everything so i think that's absolutely and i think uh, men upper body because of hunter gatherers so maybe that's something to do with that i, I don't know uh, there's 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 got to be some studies i'm sure someone will comment on this post that they probably yeah. know more than we do but awesome well thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and like literally sharing what you did your insights are I think it's so important that people really are open uh, I really appreciate when people are open because someone will resonate with that and even that one person changes their life as a result of listening to this podcast and that's the whole reason for me actually bringing in the guest podcast and, and learning about their transformation you just did that beautifully so thank you so much for being on the podcast we will um, thank you for having me. hopefully nice have pleasure. you in a year's time again to see where your journey has taken you and how many places you've visited, etc. Um, and uh, hopefully we will uh, talk more about how your uh, your goals are being met that you have set for yourself and your fulfillment goals. Um, how can people find you if they want to follow you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sunny P Fit, so it's S O N N Y P then Fit. That's my Instagram profile. Find me on Facebook and the Sunny Sing Full. And I'm in the process of working on my actually creating a Facebook group for people to join where I'm going to be adding tons of value, giving out information um, to people to, to educate them. So uh, I'm in the process of updating that. So um, watch this space. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. We will put those um, details down on the uh, podcast when it's released next week. In the meantime, have a great day and I will see you soon. Thanks for yep, joining. Speak soon. Thank you again, Farah. Bye, Sunny. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Anti-Diet Show. If you have some time, please leave me a review so I can help more busy professional women like you to create healthy habits in order to change lives. Mm -hmm.